Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 9, The Dance of Dragons is over, but we are just getting started answering your questions here on the Game of Thrones feedback show on post-show recaps. And now, here are the two guys who have never ridden a dragon and never want to either. I'm Rob Sister, here's Josh Wiggler. Speak for yourself. I would totally ride a dragon if given the option. You would? Is yeah, that like, that's like a metaphor for doing heroin? No. No, no, no. What's no. that? Chase the dragon? Is that That's what that is? chasing the dragon. I'm not chasing any dragon. <laughs> I know my speed. I don't have uh, I don't and oh. not speed the drug. <laughs> I know my physical speed. I am a portly fella. Uh, I'm not running after anything. I'm running away from stuff. Okay. I'm getting chased by dragons, maybe, but I'm not chasing dragons. I would like to ride one. Though. Vinny have, chasing dragons. I'm not Vinny chasing anything. Yes. Get your entourage out of my Game of Thrones <laughs> podcast immediately. When was your entourage, the movie recap podcast coming? That is forthcoming approximately never. <laughs> Not happening. Not. Oh, happening. man. I actually didn't mind entourage. You, had to, you went to go see it? No, I didn't mind the show while it was on. It was stupid, but I watched it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I don't know. I mean, we'll wait until the movie is on TV. Yeah. And I will watch the movie then. And then I'll probably do a full series recap. Entourage lives with Antonio or Mike Bloom. Well, I guess since we're here, since we're talking about the movie adaptations of HBO shows, do you think that eventually Game of Thrones is going to end with a movie? Oh, that question has been out there for a while. Um, yeah, it, it gets talked about a lot. I think a lot by fans, but every once in a while, and listen, I'm guilty of it too. You see the headline that's been written, uh, the Game of Thrones movie. Is it happening? Is it not? Uh, George R. R. Martin has talked about how the scale of what he has planned uh, seems like it would be worthy of a movie. HBO does not seem interested in that. I think what we could see at some point is some of the stories from elsewhere in the world of Ice and Fire, uh, whether it's in Essos or earlier in, in uh, Westeros history, um, other corners of the world and other stories that could be explored in movie form. I would be surprised if once Game of Thrones ends, we never see another thing set in the Game of Thrones universe again. Maybe as a movie, maybe as a TV show, but I don't think that like the story of Tyrion and Danny and all these people, I don't think is getting wrapped up in a movie. So do you feel like the Entourage movie not doing great at the box office was a net good thing or a bad thing for a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, I don't think that it has much of an effect on a Game of Thrones fan. I think that a Game of Thrones universe movie um, that's that's gonna that's gonna do well. I think that's gonna that's gonna do well every day of the week. It's just a matter of whether or not they've got the story for it. And I think that they do. I think that they just want to finish up Game of Thrones proper first. So I I, I would bet in, in our lifetime we see uh, a Game of Thrones type of movie, something set in that universe. Just probably not anytime soon. And if there is some climactic battle sequence that ends the Game of Thrones books, would you prefer to see that dealt with in the TV series or would you be cool with doing it in a big way in a movie, like the final two hours is a movie? I mean, I'll, I'll take it in any form that they want to dish it out. I don't think that it necessarily needs a movie. I mean, look at Hard Home, which was just an insane, insane, insane achievement. Uh, and that was on TV. And that was better than most blockbusters that are released these days, uh, including ones starring Kit Harrington, uh, Seventh Son, I'm looking at you. Uh, and I think that um, I, I think it's fine exactly where it is. Like, I'll, I'll watch Game of Thrones wherever it goes, but I hope that it stays on TV and wraps up on TV. I do too. All right, let's get into the voicemails of course every week these voicemails come to us on our website at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail or by email at got at 
postshowrecaps.com. This is a big feedback show this week, Josh, because the finale is right around the corner. Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, we are days away. We are, how many, we've, I think, two full days uh, between now and the Game of Thrones finale. Maybe three full days. I don't know. My math is off. I'm jet-lagged, Rob. That Druber ride was really long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, depends when you're listening. Depends on when you're listening. Uh, but very close. Very close. Nine episodes in. One episode left. So much up in the air. Uh, I still don't know what the runtime on the Game of Thrones finale is. I don't know if you have that in front of you, Rob, but I expect that it's going to be longer than what we said on the live show. I, I certainly hope so, because there is a lot of business to take care of. Certainly a lot more than can be handled, in my opinion, in 55 minutes. So I think it's going to be a packed finale. A lot has to happen uh, when we're done with it. We will probably, uh, if not definitely, be caught up with everything that myself and the other book readers know. So we will all be able to talk about things freely and openly, and that's going to be pretty insane. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, so that'll be very, very wild. We talked about on Sunday night that 55 minutes looked like what was going to be the finale, but then somebody told me that they just always say 55 minutes on IMDb, so it could be it could be longer. It could be shorter also. No. <laughs> could be, I guess, right? Oh, we needed to drag out. We needed to go. You need to long. drag on? Yeah, drag on. Speaking Drogon. of drag on, speaking of drogons and dragons, can we get into some questions here? You got it. Let's do it. Let's take a voicemail to start. Let's take a voicemail from our buddy Steve in Los Angeles, who has, um, we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of time with Steve in Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah, he's gonna he'll pop up. I'm sure again. He's got lots. Of questions. Uh, he's got lots to say. Uh, but we'll start there. We'll start with the marina. Uh, we'll we'll begin there, and um, let's let's dive into what Steve has to say about that. Yo, guys, it's Steve in LA. I wanted to talk about the final shot of the episode that shows Drogon flying off into the air. The camera then pans over to a beautiful shot of our remaining heroes watching the dragon and their queen soar into the distance. That was the one of the few times where I really felt like the director puts us into the show as we share the same perspective in that final moment. What are your thoughts on that moment? All right, Rob, did you feel like you were in the middle of the marina? watching Daenerys on Drogon back, flying away into the distance. Did you feel like you, for a moment, were part of Game of Thrones? Uh, <laughs> I didn't feel like I was in the marina. Like, I, I was enjoying the show. I, I didn't feel like I was there. Did you feel like you were there? What if I was there? <laughs> I don't sit that close to the TV. If I sat really close to the TV, maybe I would feel like if I had how like far away, how far away from the TV are you usually? You know, usually I'm closer, but I have the luxury of that Game of Thrones is, is a show I like to watch on the big screen TV. A lot of times I have to watch like East Coast TV, sort of like huddled over a computer. I get to watch it on a, on the on the nice TV. I sit on the couch, so I'm a, I'm a good like uh, eight nine feet away. I'm pretty close to the TV. I'm so pretty close like to you the were TV. There. Not, not by choice. I have, I'm a little hard of hearing. And I have to watch the show with the volume down because my wife doesn't like Game of Thrones. It scares her. She's not a big fan. Uh, and she's not in the room while I'm watching it, but she's close enough that I need to watch it with the volume down. So I get pretty close. Uh, so I felt like I was there. It was right in my face, and it was kind of awesome. Yeah, wow. You were there. I was there. I was in the marina. It was terrifying when uh, all the Sons of the Harpy put their masks on and went stabby, stabby town on everybody. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Uh, but what do you think about that moment uh, that Steve is describing where the camera pans onto Tyrion Onto Dario, onto Jorah, onto Masande, these people who are just kind of left here hanging out watching Danny go away. What do you think of that final moment of this episode? You know, it's funny. I talked to my mom about Game of Thrones and she watches she the show. Yeah, she, she does watch the show. 
every week. She's not. She has not read the books. Uh, she is a, a person who's watching the TV show. And she said, what, can only one person ride on that dragon? She said, P- they couldn't fit Peter Dinklage on that dragon also? Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah, so she thought it was very selfish of Danny to ride off and leave everybody. And she was worried about the people that got left behind. Yeah, we got a couple of questions in from that. Uh, just a, a bunch scattered asking about um, should, should these three uh, or these four people rather, should these four people who are left behind, should they be pissed off at Danny? No. Like, Hey, where are you going? We're we're just stuck here watching you go. What what the hell is up with that? No, they're like the Secret Service. They're like the cabinet. It's like you know they gotta take a bullet for Danny if they if need be. Tyrion has to take a bullet for Danny. Yeah, his, you think that they have that relationship already. I think so. I think that that's the when you come on to work for the Khaleesi for the Mother of Dragons. That's you. That's 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 part of it. Wow. All right. Well, that's that's interesting. I feel like Tyrion. You know, he's just met this woman. Uh, he's still deciding whether or not she's fully worthy of his services. It seems like he has decided for now that they will work together. Taking a bullet for Danny. I don't know. I don't know. Would he rather not die? Sure. But at this point, what else does he have to do? So yeah. I think dying for Danny is not the worst option for Tyrion right now. Uh, dying for Danny sounds like a great song. <laughs> yeah. I would listen to that song. Uh, Alexander Chester wrote in about this scene with Danny riding off on the dragon with a complaint and once. Wants to see what we have to say about this. Alexander writes, From the very beginning of the series, it's been assumed that we are leading to Danny and perhaps two others riding their dragons as Targaryens of yore. I've always kind of worried about how this would appear on the show. While the end of this episode was clearly an emotional climax, the FX itself were pretty weak, and it kind of has me worried for where we're headed next season. What about you? Uh, Rob, did you find the FX lacking on Danny riding a dragon? Was that... Uh, something that took you out of the scene. No, no. I, I look. This is a very first world problem to complain about the effects of Danny riding the dragon. I did see some people posting online. It was a little never ending story. A little bit. Falcor, <laughs> say my name. Atreyu, Falcor, Atreyu. Yeah, a little bit. Are you a Falcor fan? <laughs> Not particularly. Are you a fan of the never-ending story? It used to be on all the time, I remember. How did you feel when Artak drowned in the uh, Swamp of Sorrow? That's very sad. Artak, please! <laughs> it's very traumatic for me in my childhood. <laughs> now, are you, are you a fan of Sebastian? <laughs> Not really. Did you, who, who did you empathize with more? Atreyu as he was actually wandering around searching for the nothing... Or Sebastian, who is just a little bit of a dink <laughs> reading the book in the attic. You strike me as more of a Sebastian. I self-identify as a Sebastian. Yeah, you know, I think your recall on this movie is a lot better than mine is. So we're both a bunch of Sebastians, and you can just take my word. Yes, yes. Although maybe we are the nothing. Hard to say. Yeah, I think I'm getting mine confused with The NeverEnding Story Part 2. Oh, Part 2. They did some recasting. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't want to talk about they that. Did, there were some Bobby Drapers there. In a Never Ending Story Part 3, which I believe was just for TV, I think Jack Black was in it. Oh. Yeah. Little do people know that you and I spent some time today already talking about Jack Black. Yeah, Star of Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, do, are people being too hard on the effects of Drogon and Danny flying? I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, the story, you would imagine, is only going to increase in scale and scope um, and dragons are going to be a big part of it. Dragons have been a big part of the show from the very beginning. 
even when they weren't around, just the idea of dragons were a big part of this story. So you have to imagine dragons are going to get bigger. Danny is flying a dragon now. Who knows what it would look like if Danny or somebody else is uh, riding around on dragons in the future. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tall order to sustain that kind of thing on television throughout a season. Right now, we only have one scene of it. I was fine with it. I had no problem with it. I thought maybe it was a tiny bit wonky, but for television, I thought it was pretty good. So I have no problem with it. We'll see where it goes. Um, for me, I'm, I'm willing to forgive a little bit of cheesiness for the idea of actually getting to see one of these characters ride on a dragon for the first time. I just thought that was so awesome. We have too many nice things in 2015 when we're going to complain about the effects of the dragons flying on Game of Thrones. It's probably true. <laughs> we, have, we have too many nice things. Too many nice things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. The end is near. We're not, we're, we've gotten greedy. We've gotten greedy. All right. Uh, here's a question about what happened in, in uh, the end of this episode from Dave Backer. Dave Backer writes in, uh, when Danny closed her eyes seemingly to accept her fate, was she reaching out to Drogon or had he already sensed that she was in trouble? What will happen with Drogon's siblings is a follow-up question. Um, what did you think? Did you get the sense that she was reaching out to him, whether consciously or subconsciously, or do you think that that was just her closing her eyes and getting ready to get mauled by the Sons of the Harpy? Mm. I gotta admit, I mean, I knew what was coming. Knowing that Drogon was about to appear, and when she closed her eyes, I was kind of like, oh, did she just summon Drogon? Is this like how Wonder Woman gets the invisible jet to come? I don't think that's how it works. That's not how it works? <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, I, I didn't think that I, I don't how about, know. How about, this? how about this? Why do you think Drogon showed up exactly when he showed up? Is that just coincidence yes. or did Drogon feel something? I think that it's just coincidence. I think that Drogon like sort of like keeps an eye on her and sort of knows when she's in trouble. Earlier this season, you know, after I forget well exactly which moment it was. I'm pretty sure it was after the whole like his scene after yes. they beheaded the guy she sort of like went back to her room and she was sad and then he shows up that time I think he just sort of like knows what's going on it's sort of like if your dog comes up to you if you're feeling bummed out so Drogon knows when Danny's sad yeah I think he knows I don't think she can summon him at will because there's been a long time when he's been missing yeah so I don't think she can just summon him but I think that he can know when she's he's like not too far away and he can sort of sense when she's in trouble Okay. Um, well, let's, let's take the second part of Dave's question. Let's marry, that, uh, let's marry that off to a question from Lyrian Tannister, who sounds like a familiar person to us. Uh, Lyrian wrote in, Now that Daenerys is riding Drogon, who do you think will ride the other two dragons? Which is riffing on Dave's question, what will happen with Drogon's siblings? So we now have Daenerys is riding Drogon. We have a character riding a dragon. We've got two other dragons chilling out in a basement, a bunch of characters that would be very cool to see on dragon back. Do you think that we are going to see any of the people that we know and love on the show riding those two dragons anytime in the near future? Boy. I feel like Dario would be a good dragon rider. Yeah. You have Dario on a dragon. Yeah. I'm not so sure Tyrion is the guy you want on the other dragon. But your mom wants him on a dragon. <laughs> she wanted, she felt like that there could have been room that they could have got him on there. She wants him riding shotgun. Yeah. Not, not behind the wheel. It's sort of like in Titanic when they weren't like filling up the lifeboats all the way. She felt like it was a little bit like selfish that they could have fit him on there. That's kind of terrible. Yeah. 
I, I don't know who who else who else could be riding Dora, one of these dragons. Dora Mormon is there right now. Could he could he ride a dragon or would he be at risk of giving the dragon the cooties? Can a dragon get grayscale? I don't know. Dragon already has scales. I don't know. Uh, speaking of grayscale, let's just take a side trip to a question about grayscale. Uh, a question from Tess, a voicemail from Tess. Hey, this is Tess from Vancouver. I know you've talked a lot about grayscale, but some people at work and I were discussing this and we were getting in a bit of an argument. Okay, Shireen got her grayscale from some toy that was soaked in creepy river water from wherever. And the guys who are like all scaly all over, where did they get their grayscale from? Same river water? Because Tyrion fell right in that river water, didn't he? And yet he doesn't have any grayscale. So Jorah got the cootie spot on his arm. Was that from rescuing Tyrion and touching the water? Or did he get stabby-stabbed by one of the, the creepy lizard guys? This is where the conflict comes at work. And now we're all wondering, could we possibly have grayscale? Please help us. Thanks for the podcast. We love it. Okay. So I, want, I wanted to bring this in from Tess now because I feel like there is grayscale mania happening among Game of Thrones fans. We're talking about it right now. Can a dragon get grayscale? Is that something that could possibly happen? Grayscale is just on everybody's mind. We're all afraid of grayscale. Are you afraid of grayscale, Rob? No, I am Well, not. you don't leave your house, so you're not at risk of, getting, <laughs> of contracting the cooties. I'm afraid of a lot of things, but con- contracting grayscale is not one of them. And that is why you are going to be patient zero. <laughs> patient zero grayscale. Yeah. <laughs> they call it Rob's sister Nina disease. Yeah, it's, that's exactly what they're going to call it. Yeah. All right. Well, are you concerned with grayscale? I'm not not concerned. I feel like it would be foolish to be completely unconcerned with grayscale. Yeah. All right. So can you what talk you about... Is it, is it, is it going to be... Well, we've talked about how you get it and where you get it from. And I don't think that anyone has any fantastic answers on where does grayscale come from. It's, uh, it's, it's a little mysterious. It's a little terrifying. It's not good in the world of Westeros. Uh, but let's talk about it in terms of dragons. Do you think dragons could get grayscale? Do you think if Jorah were no. to ride a dragon, would he be able to rub the cootie spot on, let's say, Viserion and get Viserion uh, a case of the cooties? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's where think we're so. going. You don't think so? You don't think dragons with grayscale would be cool? <laughs> Stone dragons? Isn't that what Stannis is trying to get? Stone he's trying dragons? To get, he's trying to get a stone dragon? Is that what no, he's I doing? Think he's looking to get rid of the grayscale. Yeah. He's burning up the grayscale. So, no, I, I don't think that a dragon can get it. Okay, here's a question from Natalie Kuchik about the dragons, and then we'll move on to Stannis. Natalie writes, Now that Danny's gone, will Tyrion and company want to get the heck out of Meereen? If they leave, where are they going? Will they try and look for Danny, or will they stay put in case she comes back for them? If they leave, they'll probably want the other two dragons, but how will they get them to behave when Danny couldn't? So, Danny is gone. She's on Dragonback. Who knows where she's going? Maybe she's going back to her sweet room in her palace or whatever, or maybe she's going elsewhere. Maybe she goes all the way to Westeros. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, let's just, for the sake of argument, assume that she's not around for a little while. What is the next step for Tyrion and company? Are they going to stick around in Meereen and wait, or are they going to move on? Yeah, that would be interesting to see in this vacuum of leadership. Like, who is the number two? Is it Dario? Is it Jorah? Is it Tyrion? Is it Grey Worm? Like, who's calling the shots now? Right. Uh, interesting. Also, we had somebody write in and asked uh, what happened to Grey Worm. Why wasn't Grey Worm in the big fight against uh, all of the Sons of the Harpy? That's what Bob Phelan wrote in. Bob Phelan said, did the show forget that Grey Worm is alive or did I forget that he's dead? No, he's recuperating, Bob. He'll be okay, Bob. Yeah. He'll be all right. Hang it in. Um, do you think Grey Worm would take control? Grey Worm would be uh, the, the next guy in charge? Hmm. 
I feel like Dario would be the number two guy. I mean, I think that was big that his Dar ended up getting killed because I feel like by marriage, I feel like he would be the person in charge, right? That was a great outcome for everybody involved. I think so. I uh, Like literally anyone connected to the Hisdar thing from the characters on the show to the folks at home, I think this was a good thing. Yeah, that would be extremely interesting. I don't think that Danny's going to be missing though. Um, but you think that Dari would be in control? I mean, you've got such strong personalities with Jorah and Tyrion, especially with Tyrion. Do you think that it would just be as easy as, all right, Dario, you know this place the best. You're, you're, uh, you're sleeping with the Khaleesi. You're sleeping with the, with the queen. You think they would just bend to him and let him take control? Well, Jorah has never been officially reinstated. She, right. I mean, Jorah was out. And then, uh, sure, that they had a moment. But I don't know if, like, I think they'd want to get a sign off from Daenerys that you know, Jorah is a guy that at least, you know, Daria was in the good graces still. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Tyrion, you know, Tyrion doesn't do well with following orders, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about this question about them probably wanting the other two dragons? How would they be able to get the dragons to behave if Danny is not around? Can they? Or does Danny need to be there? I think Danny needs to be there. I don't think that we're going to have a long period of time where we're missing Danny and Moraine. Yeah. You'd hope not. I would hope not. Yeah. You would hope not. Because right. <laughs> if you think the Marine is not that fun now. Yeah, just, just wait until you get a load of a Daenerys-free Marine. All right, let's get a question in from Jonathan from Orlando. He, he gave us a voicemail. We're going to switch over to everything that happened with Stannis and Shireen in this episode, which has been a big topic of conversation all week long among Game of Thrones fans. Uh, so Jonathan has a question um, not not about even the morality of burning his own daughter alive, but the but the the logic of Stannis deciding that killing Shireen was the best thing for his cause, and maybe this wasn't the most uh, well thought out plan. So let's hear it from Jonathan. Hey, Robin, Josh, this is Jonathan from Orlando. Do you guys think that Stannis's move of sacrificing Shireen will be counterintuitive for his end game of becoming king of the realm? If this move does somehow get him in a position to become king, it would be kind of hard to imagine that the lords of Westeros would back someone who sacrifices only heir. This seems like kind of a short-sighted strategy for Stannis, and I think it will probably cost him in the end. Love to know what you guys think. Bye. So what do you, what do you think about that? Stannis sacrifices Shireen because Melisandre's been pushing him to do it for a while, needs the king's blood. Let's use some king's blood. It'll help our cause. They're in a desperate situation. Their supplies have been burned. They've been ambushed by the Boltons. He, dest- he decides to destroy his daughter for the sake of the cause, for the sake of the realm. But are people going to look at that and be like, what a whack job. Mm. What a psychopath. He's yeah. baited this guy. <laughs> Boy, for Stannis, yeah, I think he's got a lot of problems with his quest for the Iron Throne because he, let's say he gets there and he takes over King's Landing. Well, Aren't all of the small folk going to have a problem when he's like, uh, all right, everybody, you know, the seven, they're out. We're now out with the seven. Sorry, Faith Militant. I mean, we had like the whole back of the power of the Faith Militant is that the small folks, they all love the Faith Militant and the seven and they're all about it. Like the people in King's Landing aren't going to revolt when Stannis tries to you know, knock down everything at the Sept, Baylor, and no more of Seven anymore. It's all about Lord of Light now. Right. In fairness to um in fairness to Stannis, the Faith Militant, those guys suck. 
<laughs> and they, I mean, they've really turned King's Landing into just a just a total bummer of a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you think that people would be psyched to see the Faith Militant go down? Maybe, maybe, but I'm getting the sense that people are supporting the Faith Militant. Uh huh. Like you think you think people like this? I think they like this. I think they they like that. Oh no, it's we're all equal in the eyes of God. So you no think these lo- people even like the Faith Militant? <laughs> I think they do. And so I feel like that they're not going to be thrilled when Stannis comes in and takes out all seven of their gods and brings in a new god. Right. So do you think that there's a lot of problems for Stannis right now? Do you think yeah. that we're ever going to have to cross that bridge? Do you no. think Stannis makes it that far? No. I used to think that there was a chance that Stannis was going to sit on the Iron Throne. But I think after this, I'm officially out on Stannis' chances. Dark Horse contender, now a goat. Yes. Yes. That's what you're thinking. I don't how, think he's how, got a shot. How far does the Stannis train go from this point? You know, it seems like we are setting up, or we're certainly setting up, whether or not there's follow-through, but we are setting up this battle between the Boltons and the Baratheons. Stannis is marching on Winterfell. The Boltons are getting ready for him. Um, There's going to be this conflict. How do you think that is going to shake out? Will that be favorable for Stannis, or is that where the road ends? I think he gets through it. I feel like I'm hoping the end is going to be for the Boltons here. Stannis will move on. Like, I could see Stannis even getting to the Iron Throne and seeing Stannis as emerging as, like, a new villain for ultimately when the Daenerys group gets there, that they're taking on the Stannis group. Is that the name of their corporation? The Stannis group? The the Daenerys group? The the Daenerys group. I don't know what you want to call them. Yeah. And I feel like that that would be more interesting than Tommen-led forces against Daenerys when she gets there. Um, do you think that that's what the show is doing? Do you think that that's what it's trying to accomplish? Oh, I have no having... idea. I, I'm well, giving no, up I'm... what they're what they're trying to do. <laughs> well, so so you don't have any impulse in terms of who are we setting up to be like the next um, human big bad? Obviously, we know like the the White Walkers are beyond the wall, and they are for serious. They mean business. Um, but in terms of the the people bad guys, you know, we've got Littlefinger who is always causing chaos, always has things that he wants to do. We've got the Boltons right now. But if you're predicting the Baratheons march through the Boltons, could you see that what they're doing here with Shireen is trying to get us to a place where Stannis is the bad guy of the show? Yeah, I think I could see that because we just need some other obstacle in the way. Like if we're completely taking away everything that's going on in King's Landing with the Lannister regime or the Tom and Baratheon regime. I feel like Stannis coming in, setting up shop could be like one last final hurdle for Danny to get to the Iron Throne. Okay, let's take a voicemail from Matt Campbell, who is always great about leaving us feedback. Matt Campbell wants to know about uh, more about what happened with Stannis and Shireen and basically what's up with all the King's blood, all of this talk about the King's blood. So let's hear from Matt. Hey, Robert. Hey, Joshua. I got to admit, I'm still pretty burnt up about this whole Shireen thing. Oh, come on. And I don't quite pretty get good. the whole Lord of Light needs King's blood either. Stannis wasn't a king when Shireen was born. Stannis isn't a king now. If all it takes is just to call yourself a king to please the Lord of Light, then why don't they go get Ollie? Say to him, do you want to be king for a day? You do? Great. Go stand over by that wooden stake looking thing. One one rules. One one rules, absolutely. Is that like O'Doyle rules in Game of Thrones? Yes. One one rules. I got yes. a bad feeling about you and your whole family. One one. Um, what do you think about this? The need for King's blood and how Shireen is connected to King's blood. Do you have an answer for Matt? 
Yes. See, I'm not sure why the King's Blood is so important, but is it that Shireen is connected to Bobby B, to yes. Robert Baratheon's blood? Yes, because yes, Bobby B was king, and the Baratheons themselves, they've got Targaryen blood in them. Yeah. Uh, they, are, they are relatives of, tar- of the Targaryens. So Shireen is not arbitrary when it comes to the concept of King's Blood. She's got that blood flowing in her veins. Uh, would not work with Ollie, as nice as that would be, as much as Rob would love that. You would love that. Ollie king for a day and just sacrifice him, that would be a great outcome for you. <laughs> Long live Ollie. First of his name. Uh, do you want to pivot to a, a great question about Ollie that I think you're really going to enjoy? Yes. How could, I say, how could I say no to that? Yeah, this is a voicemail from JR. Hi, Josh and Rob. JR here from Vancouver. I've got to ask. Ding, Mary kill. Ollie dying by dragon fire? Ollie dying by White Walker? Or Ollie dying by falling off the wall? Thanks, boys. All right, Rob. Take, take the wheel. Break the wheel with this one. Ding, Mary kill. I mean, Ollie dying by Dragonfire, Ollie dying by White Walker, or Ollie dying by falling off of the wall. I mean, I'm not Melisandre. I, I don't, I'm not a sadist that I want to oh, watch Ollie it. die. Oh, I just want Ollie to shut the hell up and stop questioning Jon Snow. Like, I don't, right. I don't have right. a bloodlust for Ollie. All right, hypothetical scenario. The only way that he will shut the hell up and leave Jon Snow alone is by death. Okay. And now you have to ding, marry, kill the method. What was the option? It fall off the wall, dragon fire, or what's the other one? White Walker. White Walker. Okay, I will uh, ding the... Uh, the thing is, if he turns into a, a... With the white, then he could be, still be around. He still could right. be coming back. So let's right. kill that. So you don't kill want the, that option. Kill the white. Yeah, that's I bad. want to... Uh, he wouldn't even be on board with Zombie Alley? That would be bad. No. No. Yeah. Uh, I would ding him falling off the wall. That would be, I think, the best best case scenario. And then I will marry Dragonfire because at least that would mean there were more dragons in the north. Okay, and you would like that, and you would like that to be the future of the show. Yes, but I'm okay. not rooting for Ollie to die. Stop it. We know the truth. Everybody knows. Everybody rooting, knows. Everyone I'm knows not rooting right. for him to die. Okay. Just right. get transferred somewhere else. Listen, I'm supposed to be the liar on these Game of Thrones podcasts, not you. You're supposed to be honest. All right, let's stick with the wall. Let's take a voicemail from Omri from Jerusalem. First of his name, he has a question about John and the Wildlings and how this relates to Stannis. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Omri from Jerusalem, first of my name. So I don't know how much Jon Snow trusts the Wildlings, but I know that I don't trust them. And honestly, I can't blame them. If I were in their shoes, the first thing I'll do after I... Uh, went south of the wall is to continue to go south as far as I can, especially after seeing what happened in Hardhome. And my question is, do you think that Stannis is in trouble now? Does he have another army at his back, being the Wildlings army? Hmm. So that's an interesting point that I don't think that we've really talked about on the show. So John has been pushing to get the Wildlings south of the wall. Uh, he wants to uh, bolster his forces for the coming White Walkers, and even more than that, he doesn't want to feed the White Walkers army. He doesn't want to increase their number, which we now know would absolutely happen based on the ending of Hardhome. Uh, is, are, the, are the wildlings going to be amenable to that? That's already been the question. Like, Are they going to be agreeable with working with the Night's Watch? But I think something we haven't thought about is what happens when they're south of the wall? Stannis is the guy who broke up the wildling army. Stannis is the guy who swooped in and got Mance Raider captive and all of those other wildlings captured. Uh, and burned Mance Raider at the stake and all of this stuff. 
are these wildlings going to come after Stannis Baratheon? Is this something that we have not considered? Well, you know, nothing unites people like a common enemy. And hopefully, you know, the Night's King can turn out to be that for Stannis and the Night's Watch and the Wildlings. And maybe after this shared battle against these bad guys, then maybe everybody can sort of let bygones be bygones. That's what you would like to think. That's what we'd like to think. Look, the Wildlings are getting a nice deal. Like the Night's Watch has a very attractive area of land which an attractive is a, relocation package yes a very attractive relocation package south of, or i guess what would you say south of the wall or i'm, I'm getting my my locations uh screwed yes, up yes south, south of so the it would be south of the wall and gift yes yes they got like 50 acres there that's very nice and they could live there for a long time yeah some nice new housing developments in the gift yeah so, I would live there. That would be fun. Yeah, so I think we could let bygones be bygones. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully. Knock on wood. Um, let's stick at the wall. Let's take a question from Susie, a voicemail from Susie that ties into somebody on the wall that maybe we should be afraid of as it relates to the White Walkers. Take it away, Susie. Hey, Rob and Josh. This is Susie from San Francisco. So should we be concerned about little Sam? Get your minds out of the gutter, guys. I'm talking about Gilly's son, Baby Sam. All of Craster's sons have been sacrificed to the White Walkers. And as we learned last season, that sacrifice meant being turned into one. So with the White Walkers seemingly on their way to the wall, will they come after Baby Sam? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the episode where we see one of Craster's babies get turned into a White Walker, Oathkeeper. Um, is the episode that required the formation of the Game of Thrones Book Club podcast here on Post Show Recaps. It was a big freaking deal that we saw White Walkers turning babies into White Walkers, turning Craster's babies specifically, that that was an answer that the books had not given us at that point. And it required an emergency podcast that led to a series of Game of Thrones Book Club podcasts that are thriving today. Uh, Sam's little Sam, baby Sam, is one of Craster's kids. Uh, is uh, very much a prime candidate for being turned into a White Walker in the past. Is this something that you think that the show is going to lean on, whether successfully or not, that baby Sam is going to get turned into a White Walker? Do you think that that threat is something that is going to be in the future of the show? Boy, I think that's an interesting theory, but I think at the point where the Night's King is getting little Sam from Gilly, I think we've got bigger problems than... Just, just that. Like, I can't imagine that the Knights King is coming just for like he's mine. You don't know. I want little Sam. There's so little we know about these guys, except that they want to turn more people into their dead people things. Yeah. So I feel like uh, that. I'd be surprised if that's turning into like the whole thing because I would say have him, take him, take him, take take little Sam, take little Sam and leave. What do you think Sam would say to that? Samuel Tarley, do you think that he'd be on board with that? Well, the better question is, what would you think he'd say? (laughs) You can't have him. You can't have baby Sam. He's named after me. (laughs) He's Gilly's child, and he's basically mine, too. You can't take little Sam. Says I, Sam the Slayer. I'm so much cooler than I was last season. Yeah. I don't don't think he would do it. I don't think he'd be on board. I mean, what's so great about Craster? You know, honestly, I was about to say F-word Craster. <laughs> and I guess I kind of just did. F-word Craster. Nothing's great about that. Guy. Nothing's Especially great about that Especially now that he's guy. dead. Yeah. Especially now that he's dead. But what I could see is 
you know, the, the march on the wall from the White Walkers, that feels inevitable, right? I mean, we will see that in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Or One, Game of Thrones the movie. Or Game of Thrones the movie. But 100%, that is in the future. Yes. Uh, and that is not a book spoiler or anything. I have no idea. But that's happening. Yes. You've got to know that that's happening. Yes. Winter is um, coming. Winter is coming. So when that happens, uh, if Sam and Gilly are still on the wall with baby Sam, I wouldn't be surprised that that was like a Sam subplot. Uh, that there is some concern for Baby Sam. As for whether or not that would be the big deal, I don't know about that. Um, all right, let us... Yeah, but do they know? What, like, does Gilly know exactly that, that, that the Night's King who leaves... The... I don't think that you need to know too much more than like White Walkers are coming for the baby. You know, if the White Walkers start coming for the baby, I think that they would know, keep the baby away from the White Walkers. Yeah. They don't need to know the whole backstory. The, but does everybody know that that's what happens to the babies? No, 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 no. Everyone who's watching the show knows. Okay. Uh, I, I'm saying that it wouldn't take much more than just a bunch of White Walkers to start walking up to a baby and trying to take the baby to know. Let's keep the baby away from the White Walkers. Anyway, I could just see it happening. I don't okay. think that it's... I think it's a, a pretty good theory on, on season five. I feel like we got so much going on. There's so, a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But you can't have too much Sam action as far as I'm concerned. Whoa. You know. It's not what Gilly told me. hey -o. All right. Let's get a couple quick hits before we start to wrap up here. Just uh, kind of projecting what might happen in the finale, Lucas writes in, Lucas wants to know, what do you think will happen with Brienne next week? I can't wait to see what happens because she is, in my opinion, the most underestimated character and fighter in the Game of Thrones. If anyone can kill Ramsay, it's her. Uh, Brienne has been on the sidelines for basically all season. Um, you know, she made her way close to Winterfell, hasn't quite crossed over into Winterfell yet. What's your prediction, Rob? What do you think is going to happen with Brienne next week? I feel like somebody's going to get that candle lit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, we need candle power happening. Candle power, hour. activate. Yeah, candle power hour. That's going to happen. Um, and what does Brienne do from there? What's your prediction for Brienne? She's going to come in. And I'm not sure if she can just come in swinging a sword or anything like that. Maybe she could she get a disguise? Can you disguise Brienne? She's so tall. She's very tall. That's really tough. Yeah. That would be a challenge. I don't know what you would disguise her as. I don't know. But I feel like Brienne is going to be popping in. Brienne popping, I feel like, is in the offing for, uh, for Sunday. And do you think that it's going to be uh, a big deal, a BFD, or a small deal, an SFD? I think it's going to be a BFD. Yeah. She was a BFD in the season four finale, never forget. Yeah, I didn't. Brienne versus the Hound. Do you think that we will get something better than that or not as good? Hmm. Hard to say. Because uh, hard, hard to top too. Hard to top because the thing with the hound was not in the book, right? That was just a uh, made up for the TV show. Yeah, I mean the hound gets uh, yeah, he just gets side, like, sidelined hardcore, but not by Brienne. Yeah, and so I don't know. Are they? How much could they give for Brienne? Going to give her like? I guess they got to pay off something with her story. They can't just have her sit in the shed wait until season six. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. What they've done with Brienne this season is very different from the book, so I have no idea. Could be really cool. Could be just sitting in the shed, as you said. We'll see. Um, speaking of another B, this is just my question for you. Do you think that we're getting a brand sighting in the finale? Do you think that there's going to be any brand at all? I'll say no. You'll say no. You don't think that any check-in whatsoever with that guy? We don't need it. We got so much else to do. Did you? Are you? Are you good with them completely leaving him out this season? You're I'm okay, good. Right? I don't You're need to fine. see Brand until Game of Thrones the movie. You didn't miss Hodor this season? Did not. I'm sad to say. Good God, you're a monster. One one has replaced Hodor. <laughs> one one has replaced Hodor? Yes. Wow, one one. One one, one is great. One one's the new Hodor. 
Okay, sounds good. Uh, question from Cale Johnston. Hey, guys, do you think that we will get to see the Mountain Frankenstein or Mountainstein in the season finale? Are we getting Mountainstein in the season finale, Rob? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great, right? I mean, it would be a shame if we didn't get him at all the entire season. Yeah, they've been playing with that for so long. You'd have to think that that's going to come up at some point. You would hope so. You would certainly hope so. This is from Jackie Tomeyer. Are we going to go back to the trial of Cersei this season? Seems like a lot of things need to happen with only one episode left. Is Cersei's storyline, Rob, is that going to be on the forefront of this episode or is it going to take a hike? What do you think is going to happen with Cersei? I think that the Cersei storyline will be big in the season finale. You think it'll be big? Yeah. Big part. How much time? Give me, give me minutes. How many minutes? Uh, boy, I've never really done a breakdown of what a Game of Thrones episode is like in minutes. I, I will say... Just a casual 13 guess. minutes. 13 minutes. Yeah. All right. By the guys- way, one hour, three minutes is the runtime according to my direct okay. TV. All right. I'm into that. One hour, three minutes. I think we can work with that. Yeah. I think we can work. It's not 75, but it'll do. All right. So you think 13 minutes on Cersei Lannister. Yeah. All right. I think that sounds reasonable. I think we're going to have Arya. I think we're going to have Jon Snow. I think we're going to have Danny. We gotta, we're going to probably go to Dorne. we got a lot of places to go. Do we have to go to Dorne? Yeah. I think we're going to go to Winterfell. Okay. Yeah, we got to go to Winterfell. The North's been huge. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up with one final voicemail. Speaking of the finale, speaking of what we're expecting, what's going to happen in this thing. This is from Miranda. Voicemail from Miranda. Let's hear it. Hi, Robin Josh. I'm Miranda, longtime listener of the podcast, first time caller, big fan. I've read various interviews over the last couple of weeks from numerous people from the Game of Thrones cast, including Amelia Clark, who plays Danny, and Liam Cunningham, who plays Dabo Seaworth, and both have said that the season finale of Game of Thrones will make the Red Wedding look tame in comparison. What do you think that means? Do you have any idea what sort of scene could blow the Red Wedding out of the water? Thanks so much. What do you think about this? Red wedding hype for the season five finale. White wedding? White wedding. Ah, oh, that cracked me up. With <laughs> Cue the gilly idol. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I have no idea. You have no idea. Do you think that it's going to be that big, though? Are you expecting um, really, really huge events from this finale? And if you do not get those types of events, are you going to walk away pretty disappointed? No, I'm not. I feel like that we have been satiated the last uh, two weeks with the stuff with the dragon and, and the stuff with Jon Snow at, up at Hardhome. So no, I, I am not going into this with any expectation. Because the finales usually are quiet. You know, episode nine is the big one. Then episode 10 is kind of coming down from that. Uh, last season, I think, was a pretty big exception. The Children was a pretty massive episode with Bran uh, and, the, and the big battle against the skeletons and all of that stuff. Uh, so that was the real exception of the rule. But you think that Hard Home and um, in this past episode with Danny riding on the dragon, you think that those are big enough moments to stand out and make season five, you know, a big season of Game of Thrones? You don't think that we need anything of the level of like Tyrion killing his father and stuff like that? Hmm. I think it would be a very fun off-season podcast to do to r- rank the top the top moments or the you know it, it'd be fun just to to get a list and maybe maybe that's an article that you write somewhere down the down the line so so we, so we have that as a reference of the top moments. I'm not sure if it, it, I I feel like something from Hard Home has got to be probably cracking that top ten. Maybe Danny on the Dragons, but it hasn't been. Do we have a top five moment in the series this season? I don't think so. 
You don't think that Hard Home's a top five moment? It's a huge battle sequence, but is there one moment in that? Is it like when everybody gets up? Is that a, a moment? I'm, I'm looking for a moment. Yeah, the come at me snow, the come at me crow moment. I'm not sure. Mm. Do you think this season is going to go down as one of the weaker seasons of Game of Thrones? I would say right now it's probably weaker. Yeah, I would say it's probably not not as good as last season or season three. I mean, that's still better than most shows. So sure. I mean, but we're just comparing Game of Thrones to Game of Thrones, right? Um, off the top of my head, and without doing like a thorough analysis and not seeing the final episode, I'd say it's probably it probably goes uh, three, four, one, five, two. That sounds about right to me. Okay. That's how I feel, too. How I feel, too. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm happy we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sunday night, you know, big, big night. Let's find out how that finale plays into things. I think that this has been a season of a lot of buildup. We've gotten a lot of really cool payoff. Hard Home was a phenomenal episode. There were aspects of this episode that I loved. And the Dorn stuff, which we barely talked about today, which I'm happy about, uh, was a little disappointing. But I think that these past two episodes have been really pretty strong. Um, And I think that if this finale delivers on all the things that it really needs to deliver on, I'm curious to see if that's going to elevate this season a little bit higher. But if it, if it doesn't, I think that those rankings will stand for me. Can I also add that this week, I finished book three of Game of Thrones on the audio. Wow, wow, wow. Wowie, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. So two, two more for you. Two more. Two more. And those two combined are season five of Game of Thrones. And you recommend go ahead and keep going. Yeah, I do. Okay. Why not? All right. Why not? At that point, you'll be all caught up. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. You guys have a lot of time in the off season between now and the start of season six of Game of Thrones. May as well read some books. Yeah. If I they, recommend it. If they get the sixth book out, how long does it take for Roy Detrice to make an audiobook? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> it takes him longer than it took George R. R. Martin to write it, I heard. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would take him a long, long time. All right. Sunday night. The season finale, we will be live 10.15 p.m. Eastern on HBO is the show. Our show is on postshowrecaps.com. That's right. That's right. It would be cool if we were on HBO. Yeah, that would be great. That's in in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Someday in the future. Once we make it big and get those sweet HBO bucks. Yes. Yes. Or at least like uh, HBO.com. That would be great. (laughs) That would be nice. nice. All right, Josh, what's the hashtag for this? Oh, my God. Um, Do you have any suggestions? Yes. Uh, we have some uh, Sea of Sorrow. <laughs> we have uh, One One Rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, F, F Word Craster. F Word Craster. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so what, what do you think? Uh, I think I think hashtag one one rules is pretty great, but I wouldn't be upset at uh, F Word Craster <laughs> as well for any of you edgier people, but actually not spelling out the F Word. Yes, we appreciate that. By the way, when you said we had a voicemail from Miranda, I thought it was going to be from Ramsey's girlfriend. I thought oh, this I thought was going to be one of these things where it's like, I'm Ramsey's girlfriend and I'm pissed I ha- that uh, Sansa sucks. No, I What does he that, see in her that's so great? I think that Samuel Gamgee scared a lot of those people <laughs> away, to be honest. <laughs> just, to, just to be honest. I thought you were going to say you thought it was going to be Miranda Hobbs. Who? Who's Miranda Hobbs from Sex and the City? Yeah. <laughs> you know her last name? Of course I know her. Charlotte York, Samantha Jones. Wow. Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, well, I like the symmetry of... Mr. Big. 
of starting with Entourage and closing with Sex in the City. We've done it. Seems it. fair. Seems We've fair. done it. Seems fair. All right. Well, that's it for this week's feedback show. All right. right. Book Club. Yeah. What are you doing this week? Book Club has yet to be recorded. We're recording both of these shows a little bit later this week. Terry Schwartz and I, we will be recording. Um, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, we've already recorded. Uh, so look for that podcast either Friday night or Saturday with just a little bit of time to spare before the finale. Sorry about being really up against it this time, but we'll have another feedback show for you after the finale. We'll have another book club for you after the finale. Uh, I think we'll have some other bonus Game of Thrones content along the way as we start the road after this season finale, Rob, to the Throners. The Throners are happening. Yeah, we'll be back. The what are the Throners will- if people are uninitiated after last year's extravaganza? The Throners, this will be the second time we have done the Throners. The Throners are our Game of Thrones award show. We are going to award top honors to various characters and moments and episodes from Game of Thrones, from Game of Thrones culture. We are going to be just having a ridiculously silly night at some point in the future after the Game of Thrones season five finale. It's going to be absurd. Musical numbers expected. Yeah. I think Ollie might not be allowed to come. Um, I guess I talk I to security. I guess I shouldn't tell you that I've already sent out the invites. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Ollie! <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Josh. Great stuff. Uh, once again, you can follow Josh on Twitter. He's at Round Howard. I am at Rob Sister. And we'd love to get your comments on the episodes at postshowrecaps.com. And we will see you guys on Sunday night. Take care, everybody. Bye.